This week on Voices on the Mountain with Dr. Stephen Wong, we're going to be discussing Qi Hua, the transformation, or Qi transformation. There it is. There it is. I almost made the snake, man. So buckle up, throw your machochas out, because it's not going to help you today. Uh, it'll be a baseline that we can mark up a lot with. Yeah, so bring in your red markers if you keep your machocha around. <laughs> Machocha does, just for people who are have their machochas out, he does mention Chihua in a bladder section in the Foundations book, right up front. So we can give him some props and credit for that. That is props. That is props. And I really like the phrase that you just said, if you've got your machochas out. <laughs> um, but yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar uh, or haven't been through the education system here for Chinese medicine in America, actually, I haven't either, but... Um, Machocha is the standard textbook for most of the classes and is also what our boards are based on. And it is, um, it was a good effort, but needs to be updated drastically. And Stephen will have that book out in the next decade or so. That's right. That's right. That'll be uh, episode five, I guess. Just <laughs> redo every Machocha thing and stick in the giant podcast. Well, or this is just the, the, the groundwork for... For the later book. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, I don't even know what's in those books because I haven't read them. But um, for the last three or four years, I've been teaching in, in America. And so um, it's I, I've seen quite a number of um, machochas pop up. Uh, I'll just start using that as a noun for the boo-boos in the machocha books. Um, and then we clarify them as we go. So Asher is actually going to be super helpful in helping us know what needs to be clarified because I don't even know what's in a lot of these books. I will gladly be the test dummy in this situation any day. No, yeah, I think it's very much more the one who endured. Oh, yeah. You will be the, the perseverant student and now practitioner. Well, the biggest problem is, is that, you know, as a student, you're trying to hold all these ideas in your head. Yeah. And you're trying to leave room for different practitioners and teachers that come through and give you these different ideas. Yeah. And sometimes they say conflicting things and you have to think, oh, well, how is what this person is saying right in certain situations? And how is, you know, what the other person has to include? How is that going to fit? Uh, it's all these puzzle pieces. But then it turns out, you know, every so often you have this nugget about like where the stomach channel starts or something that's just wrong. And it's like, oh, I have to go back and fix that. Like, ah, oh, that's it's just it's a little bit of a letdown after going through a master's program to have to redo some of the foundations, but I'm happy to do the work with you. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm happy to do it with you too, man. I always appreciate you always have the best insight. Um, you know, Asher's totally right. We expect some of it to be, if not shaky, let's call it malleable, but then there's some things like fundamental, like he was talking about the stomach channel. I mean, that shouldn't really be up for grabs, right? That should just be word for word. But unfortunately, there's uh, there's stuff to fix. Um, so make sure that when people are fixing and or telling you stuff, make sure that they tell you where the source comes from. Because if it's just them winging it, I love that. You know, let, let them wing. Um, everybody's got to have some wings sometimes. They just need to really be clear that that's them just riffing on stuff. But if they're claiming any authority to Chinese medicine, to the classics, right? then we can't have them uh, do that without actual evidence because, you know, that's just fake claiming authority. And that happens, unfortunately, way more than it should. 
That's so true. Um, having that base source that's contextualized for you for whatever they're saying brought back to that source uh, is so useful because then when you have the disagreements later on in your brain or with other people, you at least know, oh, we're going to track back to this. Yeah. And do you have a different interpretation of this source text? Because if you do, that's fine. But at least we all know what we're talking about at that point instead of it being, oh, I just had this thought and now I'm going to tell all these students and five years later they might realize that it it doesn't track as well with the classics as I maybe led them to believe. It's so true, man. That is, it's 100%. And so, yeah, like, you know, not only should they be telling you where it is, but then when you go back and look it up, I'm not joking, this definitely happens where like some teachers will claim this is what that Neijing passage means and they cut it off mid-sentence. And they're like, oh yeah, look at the first half of the sentence, like uh, men on the left, women on the right. So that means male pulses and female pulses are flipped. And then if you look at the second half of the sentence, I'm not joking, I've seen this. They're like talking about men and women having facial paralysis starting on the left and right and how that treatment differs then and what the significance of prognosis is. That's a pretty darn different interpretation than their pulses are flipped. Also, unless women's livers are flipped, I'm pretty sure their liver is in the same place as is their liver pulse. But, you know, we'll have a different, uh, (laughs) sorry, touched on nerve, I guess. Yeah, no, it's good. So today we're going to talk about Chihua or the transformation. No, man, I'm screwing it up because of Machocha. This is the thing. So it's not the transformation of Chi, but it's the transformation by Chi of fluids. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had Stephen look this up for me before. And the characters of this are made up of the human radical Mm -hmm. and then a flipped human radical that also means transform, which is the Hua. Is that correct? That is spot on. And then the chi, the first character, is the same one that we're familiar with. But exactly, he he dissected the the two halves of the transform word, and it's ren radical on the left, the standing man radical, and the hua radical on the right, which technically is an inverted man. That's you got it exactly right. Sometimes you gotta flip yourself upside down, and turns out you're right side up. <laughs> Shout out to like usual suspects. You know that guy in the jail cell. I'll flip you. I'll flip you for you. Fenster, I think his name is Fenster. Anyway, if you guys haven't seen that movie, it has nothing to do with TCM, but well worth a watch. And we're going to flip you for real. That's right. We'll flip it for real. So where does this Chihuahua start with, Steven? Okay, so let's get back to the name, which I think exactly. Like Machocha, everybody else, it's really confusing. And Chinese has this habit of they'll take seven Chinese words and they'll pick the two in order of those seven that um, – that make the most sense to, to abbreviate the whole thing. So for instance, I went to a school in Chinese. It's called Beijing Zhongyiao Dashue. That's annoying. Nobody wants to say all that. So you can just say Beijingyi uh, for like three characters. Um, and so you can turn all those characters into a smaller character uh, line because Chinese people don't want to say all those words. That's just a classic thing. So here when we say qi hua, Western people think qi transformation. That's what it is, qi and transformation. But they forgot all the words in the middle. And it means using kidney qi to transform the fluids. We just avoid it all and we say qi transform. So qi transformation, but it's using kidney qi to transform your fluids. I think that's so nice to have the whole context, right? And it's like, once you're in the know, 
you know, if we all know that you we're talking about a school, yeah, you can cut the syllables short. And if we yeah. all know that Chihua comes from this other, but if you use the whole thing, you tell me exactly what it is. Exactly. You know, and uh, this actually, funny enough, is maybe the number one reason why the Neijing is just so hard because they wrote it for doctors. And you're like, guys, could you tell me what that means? Like, I would like to know what ying nutritive is. Could you just lay that down for reals? But they they often miss some of the basics because they're like, well, why would I do that? Everybody knows what Chihua means. Eh, 2,000 years later, maybe not. Right. And maybe, too, that was a part of the... The, you know, you have to be in the know. Yeah. We don't give all the answers in Chinese medicine because there aren't answers to give. We're trying to build a practitioner with creative thinking and this ability to to dive deep on ideas and uh, philosophy. So maybe I think part of the time we leave the answers out for you to fill in. And I think that's both. A, I mean, that's a teaching method, right? Uh, and it's it's not done in the West. Very often we like to do the full explanation. Yeah. I think Asher's spot on. It's like a teaching method. It's also kind of like what he said. It's almost like a weaning method, if you will. Like it's like, we don't want robots that apply the knowledge. We want thinking creative humans that are fluid with the knowledge and therefore can understand, um, diagnose correctly, maybe even innovate a little bit and then see all those things working in conjunction. Yeah. So I totally get what you mean, man. Like, cause then it makes you go back to the drawing board and this kind of gets back to what people say about the Neijing. Like every single time you reread the whole book or even, or, but like passages, even whatever works. Um, every time you go back to it, you'll have new eyes if you're a practitioner and you're regularly practicing. Cause you'll be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was talking about water metabolism. That just lightens that enlightens that whole light, like a uh, paragraph or, or line or whatever. And there is the idea in Chinese um, language that they like to use uh, like beautiful parallel structure and very concise wording because they think that's like more beautiful. It's not like belaboring concepts and hammering things in. It's like the, you know, larger strokes, just beautiful writing, which doesn't help for clarity sometimes. So the qi comes from the kidneys. That's right. And we're transforming fluids. That's correct. If you just stop with that information, you get the concept. You just don't know how to use it. But at least the concept is correct. So how do we use it? <laughs> well, geez, we're just going to, we got to do this one metaphorical and ambiguous. Just oh, like, okay. <laughs> now nah, nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, well, the key is to understand what is kidney chi. So, you know, so many people will talk about, I think I've heard this from the Machocha side of things. I don't know, but that, um, the Sanjiao is the pathway of Yuan Qi as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's problematic. That is problematic. It's the pathway of the ministerial fire, actually. But even the word Yuan Qi is confusing to people because they think it's only kidney related. So that way that shoot. I'm not gonna go off on all these tangents, but just remember we got we got some stuff out there, people. Um so really what it comes down to is what is kidney chi? And one of the big things that um, Asher just told me was the Machocha definition of um, Chihua is. And so one of the big problems is it's only relegated to the kidney yang. That's wrong. That is so wrong because if there's not enough kidney yin, Chihua doesn't work either. And so really the way we can understand what is kidney chi is it's the combination of kidney yin and kidney yang. And we know that kidney yin is synonymous with kidney jing. And if you're jing deficient, Chihua stops. But if you don't have kidney yang, 
Qihua also stops. And when you can put kidney yang, or what you might also call Mingmen fire, with kidney yin, you can also call that jing, you stick those two together, that is kidney qi. And we know this is true because there's a pill called the kidney qi pill, shen qi wan, or sometimes they use a larger number name called jing gui shen qi wan, uh, which is funny because they're saying, well, it comes out of the jing gui yao lue. But that's like, you know, that's like saying, um, obviously, it's like Zhang Zhongjing's formula. And he just called it the shen qi wan. So I'm like, well, I wouldn't label everything just on the book it came from. So anyway, the classic word for it is the name is just shen qi wan. And because of that, it tells you this is how you rebuild qi. It's two parts kidney yang, which is guizhi and fuzi, and it's six parts or six herbs for the kidney yin, um, the most notable one being di huang. And it's actually not shu di huang, it's gan di huang, which is uh, the word for sheng di huang, means dried di huang. So anyway, when you mix the jing and you mix the kidney yang, you stick those together, you have actual kidney qi. And what is kidney qi? Function of the kidney. So the best one word way that you can describe qi is function. And so kidney qi is kidney function. It can't function without the yin firewood and it can't function without the yang fire. There's nothing to burn if you ran out of firewood, but there's nothing to light it if you run out of fire. Beautiful. So that's our, that's our kidney qi. And then once we get kidney qi rolling, that's where the qi hua comes in because that's um, one of probably five. I usually describe this to my students as five major kidney functions, but the first and most important has to be qi hua. And so once the kidney yin and yang, both good, kidney qi is, you know, that's what births kidney qi. And that kidney qi or kidney function is what starts cruising. And that's the qi hua. That's the number one, one of the, the first of five most important functions is qi hua. And so what that does is it takes the water in the lower burner. Notice in this case, they actually do use the word water. Uh, in the Shang Hanun, they'll use the word shui qi. So it's not dampness, it's not water, and it's definitely not jin ye because you take the water and you turn it into jin ye. So this is the, what they refer to as the steaming process where this water comes into the kidneys. It's heated just like you would have like a, a pot on the bottom of your, in your lower burner, steams it all the way up to the very top, all the way up to the throat and mouth. And that's actually why one of the number one causes, maybe even the number one cause, it's not the only cause. I want to always make, people, make sure people tell, you know, we're not saying one-to-ones here. But probably 60% of chronic mouth dryness is actually kidney yin deficiency or kidney qi hua not working properly because that's where the fluid goes up. Now, it doesn't mean there's not fluid up there, but there's no good moistening fluid. And so we have a very good word for both, uh, both kinds of good moistening fluids, jin and ye. And so you can't produce jin and ye without the qi hua transformation. So you turn basic water that's not useful to the body and you imbue it with this yang and then it becomes jin and ye that actually has moistening function. And so does the bladder a part of this transformation? Because from what I remember from Machocha and from also, I think a little bit of uh, Dr. Wang Ju Yi's that, that the bladder comes in huge uh, in this transformation process, that the, that the kidney almost is just giving the qi to the bladder to do the process. Is that going to be... Uh, concurrent with our with our understanding now that we're building here, or no? Absolutely. And so I like to describe this um, to people. We'll do a whole triple burner um, episode, I think. That probably makes a lot of sense. But you can identify the triple burner as two things. A pathway for water, which is the route. I call that the bus route. And three major hubs. And I call those the bus stations. So if you've got 
you know, some neighborhood road, that's still part of the, the, the Sanjiao or the triple burner. That's just part of the waterways. If that neighborhood road shuts down, you, you know, you got like some sort of water leakage out there. That's no problem. We got other neighborhood roads we'll go through. Now, not if enough of those get blocked up, we got a big problem. But if a couple will get blocked up, you're fine. But what can happen is those big hubs, those um, transportational hubs shut down. And those three hubs are the lungs on top, the spleen in the middle. And here's just what Asher was saying. You can't really separate kidney from bladder here on the bottom. So you have to incorporate two for the bottom one. It's like a twofer. So yeah, you, there's no way to separate bladder from kidney function here. When it comes to chihua, you absolutely need both together, which is why when we treat it, we treat both of those organs separately. Those are the, the sand job they broke up as the mist for the lungs, mm-hmm. the ditch for the bladder, and then I'm missing what the spleen would be. Source probably. Yeah, yeah, you're right. After uh, let me let me dig that one up. But you're right. Uh, we usually refer to the spleen as the source of water. We usually we usually refer to the lungs as the upper source of the water or the reservoir. Um, and sometimes, if you want to be a little gross, it can also be the reservoir of dampness and phlegm. And then, but that's the pathological side, obviously. And then the kidneys as the ones controlling the water. So shen zhu shui, it means the, the kidneys control the water. But again. You can't separate it from the bladder. It's, it's hand in hand. So when we treat it, there's usually an herb for more for the bladder and an herb more for the kidneys itself. And so pathologically, this will show up. We talked about the dry throat. I'm guessing mm-hmm. uh, lack of urination. That's exactly it. And then for the, the middle burner, it's just going to be what we all have, <laughs> dampness. Exactly. Yeah. And... The lack of urination is really key because sometimes people talk about any urination problem can be a chi transformation problem. Wrong. That is wrong again. Uh, it's because it's a inhibited urination. For some reason, I've seen this in books called disinhibited urination, which as far as I can tell, is just inhibited urination because they think when you put dis and in together, they cancel each other out. And I have no idea what inhibited urination is unless like Kermit the Frog is just sitting in their kidneys or something. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, what they're really saying, disinhibited urination should be just normal urination. That's, that's actually wrong. That should, you can use disinhibit for an herbs function, but you can't use it for a pathological state. So this should be inhibited urination, which means they cannot urinate enough. Now it's true when you can't urinate enough and you can't urinate enough. And eventually your body flips the switch and says, well, one way or another, we got to evacuate this water. That's true. That's called flushing and clearing water. Remember, we talked about that in clinic for a long time ago with like one of the cases you brought. Yeah. Well, and then is diarrhea the next step if that's how they're going to present? It's actually flushing water out through the urinary system where they won't maybe drink any water that morning, but they'll go to the bathroom like eight times and just have huge clear peas. Oh, okay. So not in a different way, just a breaking of the dam breaking it's it's an emergency valve and you can tell it's not actually being processed because it's clear like water um and they just it's just a release they just open the valve and also the kidneys are like well shoot we could have transformed that water if we had transformation function but we don't and we got to release this valve somehow otherwise we're just going to swell up like a balloon yeah so that's why people are confused why like hey how can it be too little urination and then too much because it's stripping the excess water out at the very end but that's a pretty extreme case also, instead of them having <clears throat> edema in that water backing up in all the different ways, their body's just going to get rid of it however it can. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like the uh, the trumpet tube where you just have that little spit hole opener. Did you used to play the trumpet? Uh, thankfully, I didn't. Oh, I did oh, tri- play the trombone a little bit. Well, I'm not the most musical human. Okay. Uh, you'll see. I think I tried the violin for four squeaky months. That didn't work. <laughs> That's way harder. I tried. Oh, it's way harder. And then I tried trombone because I've got big fat lips. Um, and so people are like, hey, trombone's got the big fat mouthpiece. Big fat lips look like a good fit, big fat mouthpiece, uh, which they were right. I do have the lips for it, but I didn't really have the musical <laughs> function for it. I was going to be like, Stephen, you have the lips for trumpet and trombone, but trumpet too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I've never looked at Miles Davis's lips, but you know, I can, uh, nope. <laughs> I can swell with the, the best of the trump trombone. The blood also starts going there once you start playing. Oh, that's They'll a good get, point. I mean, they just get fat afterwards. I mean, I used to play trumpet and your lips are just like swole afterwards, as the kids now say. Yes. So we're talking about the chihua. And so the key here is you got you to gotta have that functional and then it'll start processing. And so if you go back to Zhang Zhongjing and the Shang Han Lun, he, um, he does look at urine as one of the most important things to check. And the number one reason why he's checking it is yang function, kidney yang function specifically. Uh, but not just yang, it's actually kidney chi function. And that's, so I, I almost um, did the boo-boo there. It's not just kidney yang, it's also, it's kidney chi. And for those of you who are formula people out there, um, I th- I'll say this a bazillion times, so sorry for the repetition, but I think it's worth it, is the best reason to learn your formulas, which there's a bazillion good reasons, is to understand the physiology better. So if you um, are familiar with formulas, you want to look them up or you know them already, Go check out uh, Zhu Lingtang, Wu Lingsan, Shen Qiwan, and Zhen Wutang. These four formulas all kickstart the triple burner. The problem is, and to use them correctly, you need to know this. What are they fixing? Zhu Lingtang is for yin deficiency, unlike Zhen Wutang, which is for yang deficiency. So if we look closer at Zhu Lingtang, this is yin deficiency breaking down the qihua. And so what do they do? They use ejiao, a blood nourisher, to rehab the uh, yin side of things, and the qihua comes back online. There is no yang tonifier in that formula. There's nothing to activate the yang, and yet it gets qihua back online. So this is the one where we can really be clear it's not kidney yang, it's kidney qi, which is half yin, half yang. And there's is there no mover or something to make sure that the body doesn't stagnate the, the yin that you're trying to develop? It's got uh, five beautiful herbs actually in it. Um, one is washer, and washer is a really key herb for promoting urination. So that helps things not um, get stuck. Um, but the most important herb for the lower burner to not get stuck is zixie. So not only does it clear heat, but it also drains any excess dampness and, and any blockage. Uh, for those of you who wanna know another Chinese name, zixie. Zi means like a swamp. Xie means to clear. So that herb literally means to clear the swamp. Slightly different than maybe Washington, D.C., but, you know, whatever. Close enough. We could just sprinkle it over there, too. We got to get all these politicians on drain the swamp herbs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, they might have uh, kidney indeficiency heat for other reasons and so forth. Um, yeah. And then the other big ones are uh, fooling, baiju, and juling. Okay. So those ones are, are for reactivating, clearing fluids out of the middle and the lower. And we need the kidney in because we have to have something for the fire to burn. That's exactly right. Got to have the firewood. Okay. 
And then uh, we also have the yang side, and that is Zhen Wutang is for pure yang deficiency. Uh, Wu Ling San is for if there's still an invasion of wind, though it's less than it was before. And it's actually kind of the neutral one. And then the last one is Jingwei Shenqi Wan, or like I just like to call it Shenqi Wan, because that's what Zhang Zhongjing called his. And that's for yin and yang are both deficient. I feel like the the other part is is the naming something after yourself, right? Which the which the person never does, but after they go, other people are like, "Oh, let's name it after him." That's a such a good point, dude. This is Asher and Steven's podcast. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe no. do we really need to draw our attention to ourselves? Probably no. Not. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I did find that the middle burner, the name that I was looking for, was cauldron. So the Ooh. upper burner would be the mist. The middle burner is the cauldron, and the lower burner is the ditch. Nice. I, I I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'm trying to remember what the Chinese word for that is. Cauldron is usually a ding. 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 But uh, it's a, we kind of just more third tony. But yeah, okay. I call that the indignant tone. You're like, seriously, you got me a ding for breakfast? Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Or if you're in Jamaica, what is this ding? Hey, what is this ding? No. Not bad. <laughs> Have you been to Jamaica? I like Bob Marley a lot. If you grew out the hair and then, you know, uh, dreaded it, and then those lips, you could go down there and... Dude, play trombone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, sweet. All right, should we get into some? Yeah. Some of the classics? Well, let's... let's uh, Stephen, you know, I want to hold you to the same standards we were holding everyone else to. So where, oh, where yeah. are the quotes that back up what you're saying? Oh, my gosh. If I didn't have it, we should probably turn the podcast off right now. Yeah. All right, let's go for the big boy. Um, and there's, I have a wee little story to introduce this quote. So in China, we have to memorize a bunch of stuff. Um, and it sounds annoying and repetitive and um, mechanical, but you realize why you have to do it because only the people who memorize this stuff can use this stuff. That doesn't mean only the people who memorize this stuff can think about this stuff. That's different. When you're at home and you know your armchair, if that's still a thing, you can ask the Gen Zers that too. Do you have an armchair and a smoking jacket? Um, but you know, either way, that's for reading books. But if you want it in the clinic, you don't have very many minutes to be able to apply it, right? You don't have a chance to go back and look at the Neijing before you put the needles in. Just doesn't work. Same thing with herbs. The best doctors who use the Shanghan Lun and other things too, um, they have it memorized word for word. It's absolutely stunning. Every three, all three hundred and ninety-eight passages, and when we say passages, we're not talking about lines. Some of these things are paragraphs. And I had to memorize well over 40 of those. Oh my gosh, that took a lot of mental space. But there's a reason for it. And there's a reason why I was happy to do it because that's the only way you'll remember it. Yeah, You can't remember all the characteristics and all the symptoms and the pulses that they're talking about unless it's in there. And if it's in there, boy, can you use it. I mean, you can use it for treating the craziest things. Um, you know, stuff that looks way... Uh, different than what they're talking about or what the direct literal translation of these passages and phrases is. So um, that's a really key one. And so when we was in my Neijing class, of course, we had to memorize probably, I don't know, upwards of 40 or 60 passages, which was also felt very huge. But one of them was this passage I'm just about to share with you. Um, and when I came back to America, one of the first podcasts I got to listen to about Chinese medicine, there was a, a practitioner on there who's somewhat well-known. And he was talking about how uh, Qi Hua 
is actually a modern concept and only comes from the uh, Steam, en- Steam yeah. engine. That's right. And so because it's a Steam engine, it could only have started at the time of Steam engines, which I don't, I'm not a historian. I guess that's 1800s or something. And I literally almost like I was walking my dog and I think I almost like choked on my own spit because I was like, are you are you kidding me? And this quote like coughed out of my mouth. So I'm going to try not to do it in the spitty coffee way. Um, and that this quote then, uh, of course, directly from the Neijing. For those of you guys, got to tell you where it comes from in the Neijing. This is the uh, Linglan Median chapter. Um, so shoot. We'll figure out what that n- number is, but you can go by the names of the chapters. And this is the phrase. It goes, And this is the one that I like literally coughed out because he was saying it, it wasn't an, a classical concept that came from things like the Neijing. And so I had to literally cough out this Neijing quote that I was reminded of because I had to memorize it. And it translates to the bladder, which is Pangguang. Pangguangzhe means the bladder. Zhou Du Zhuan. It's the uh, minister of. Zhou is uh, like uh, the rivers. Du is to um, kind of move and irrigate using those river systems. So it's the irrigation organ. Jin Ye Chang Yan. The Jin and the Ye fluids are stored here, meaning stored and also interestingly processed. By the way, Chang is the same as Zhang for organs. And then it says, qi hua, zhe neng chu yi. Qi hua, therefore, comes from here. He literally says, this is where the qi hua comes from, word for word. So I don't know why people would spread misinformation like that, but it's sad. Um, I, didn't, I need a little bit of clarification here. Because earlier when we talked about the qi hua, um, it was fluids, or no, it was water, and not the fluids, the jing and the ye, but now... It's kind of mixed up here in the in the Neijing quote. Oh yeah. So is it just a different part of the fluid metabolism, or it makes the Jin and the Ye? Okay. Yeah. So when they say Jin Ye Chang Jin it means Jin and Ye are Chang here created and stored. Though we know it's not technically stored here, but it's the idea that they're the ones creating it. It's like the granary that holds the grain, and therefore. Know, can fuel the, the village. This is the waterway system, the irrigation one that holds and processes that water, and therefore, um, you know, whatever the fluid version of feeding people is, moistens people. Awesome. It's 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 the one that turns water into jin and yin. Yeah. So, and when we talk about the bladder, technically, this is where we're going to get into that kidney bladder combo, where it processes water into jin and yin goes up, then it has to circulate again through the same waterways. So that's still the lungs circulating out to the surface. That's still the spleen, which keeps it moving in the middle and moistens the spleen and gets down to the bottom. And then when the fluids have circulated enough and they've done their job, and finally they've gotten basically to the end of their life cycle, because you know fluids, just like anything else, once you imbue it young, you got to get rid of it. You could technically try and restart and re-imbue it with young. But the body's way of dealing with this is just store it in the bladder and pee it out. And this is where we say there's the difference between hua, transformation, and bian, to change. Hua is the beginning of something. Bian is the end. In fact, quote number five, quote number four, we'll go for number four. Uh, so this one is also from the Neijing, but it's called, the chapter here is called Tian Yuan Qi Da Lun. Um, 
again, we'll pull the numbers out for, for you guys who want to check that out. But it's also, these are all from the Su Wen, by the way, the first half of the Neijing. And then this one says, Wu Sheng Wei Zhi Hua, Wu Ji Wei Zhi Bian. This one is one of my all time favorites because it's so beautiful. The parallel structure here is lovely. Um, and it says, Win Wu, which means things, the 10,000 things, the myriad things. This is the Wu, Wan Wu, that Wu. Um, Sheng means generate or birthed. Wei, which means this is called Hua. Wei Zhi Hua, which is just a pronoun, so don't worry about that. So when things are birthed, uh, this is called transformation or Hua. And then it says, Wu Ji Wei Zhi Bian. When things have reached their extreme, which means the terminus of their useful lifetime, this is called Bian. Hua to start, Bian to end. Hua to birth, Bian to finish. Nice. And I believe you because you have the, the context right there. And if I ever need yes. to uh, challenge you or if anyone else comes up with different ideas, I can say, hey, how about this quote from the Suen? You talk to me about that for a second and then we can talk about your ideas of Hua and Bien. Nice. Good pronunciation even. Dude, you tonal. Musical. I bet you're musical. I'm trying. You know, I've heard that people in China have perfect pitch because they grow up with a tonal language. Yeah, it's it's not everyone, but it is it is a higher ratio than Westerners. That's true. But I I'd love to try this one. Um, I'd love to stick a bunch of white kids in Chinese families in China. This is a very um, politically correct experiment here. Um, so and then have them grow, or just like check like diplomats' kids, dude. I, when I was there, there were some like diplomatic like kids of diplomats and stuff. I swear. I would never be able to tell they're not Chinese to the T. Their tones were perfect. Their phrasing was insane. The way they stalled, like everything was perfect. Like I spoke Chinese when I was there. I had to, but I don't speak like that. I mean, they, like I, people, if they listen to me on the telephone, usually they'll be like, oh, he must be like a Taiwanese person or something. Like, yeah, he's a little rough around the edges, but we'll figure it out. Sorry. I love Taiwan. I'm not saying that, but mainland, right. they've got, they've got, you know, they've got stuff, uh, thoughts out there. But anyway, um, but the yeah, diplomat so, kids were and what they were there when they were younger, though. Yeah, I think they were born and raised there, and they went to local schools. Yeah. And I bet you they have the same rate of perfect pitch as the Chinese. Oh, do. yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a learned environmental thing rather than a yeah, yeah. like an inherent genetic thing, or right? Something. Within just makes it another level more difficult to learn. But we'll we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. So there's another one that also has uh, a parallel form to it, which I always love because it just, it hits so nice to the soul. It's like, oh, it's so simple. You know, it's this way when it's this way and the other way it's this way. So <laughs> I know that was really eloquent. No, it's, you actually sounded very Chinese in that phrase too. I was like, wait, are you quoting Dao De Jing in that one? It's this way when it's this way, it's that way when it is also this way. <laughs> you can do it with English, but it doesn't work as good. It's like, it is it, isn't it? It is. It is it. Oh, God. Yeah. You're right, it does. You know, there's funny ones in Chinese too. There's like one from Confucius. He goes, and you're like, really? Is that is that real? What, what, and just me. What's what does it translate to? Uh, wait, yeah, the first part is uh, means to know that this is this. To know that this is not this. 
is true knowledge. And so he's basically, it's his way of saying um, not many things, but if you know what you do know, and you also know the deficits of what you don't know, that this is true knowledge. Because yeah. a lot of, I think a lot of people are blinded by what we'd call like a small amount of knowledge. But they um, don't know that it's a small amount of knowledge. They think it's everything. Then, hence, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're kind of blinded by it. Oh. And just a shout out to you guys too. I mean, part of the reason we're putting these quotes on here too is, you know, if, if you have uh, questions or challenges or anything like that, we should totally, that's the sort of really useful, um, you know, discourse that helps practitioners get better, helps academics get, you know, clearer. But it's also that it gives you a chance to go beyond all of us. The whole point of a good translation should be to, um, you know, transcend the knowledge of that translator. You know, unfortunately, translations are usually the apex of what the readers can, you know, hope to achieve. But a good translation should let you, you know, think about, stew, come to your own understanding, and maybe with your greater understanding or experience, be able to have a better, more transcendent knowledge or, you know, clearer knowledge of these things. So that's that's a really great reason to go back to the classics. Even if you don't read Chinese, you can, you know, you can pick out the seven best books on the Neijing, which I have no idea which ones to pick for you guys. Sorry. But you could pick all seven and see what they all say about the same phrase and be like, well, why would they say this? And there's still lots of room that you can do even if you don't speak Chinese. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, when you were talking earlier about earlier about having to memorize all the uh, passages that you did over in China and how important that was, I think the memorization is a first step, but the second one, which I think is equally, if not more important, is the comprehension. Because yes. just being able to recite or have that in your brain. Because in clinic, you can't in the five seconds. It's not like, oh, bring out that memorization quote and then think about what it means and then apply it back to the patient. It's like, no, it just got to be there. And you're so busy being present with the patient that it's kind of got to happen on its own. Like this wheel that's turning, that's bringing this stuff up, has to just autopilot to bring out useful information so that it's not pulling all of your attention away from the patient to like think about what's happening with them. It just naturally is kind of coming up. And then another reason to review your patient's treatments and what they said afterwards is because then you can bring in more of that analytical brain, bring in more of your, what do we say? Arm chair, the reading chair <laughs> knowledge, right? And like That's in right. the other theories and be like, Oh, what did I miss? And then, you know, mull over that tongue over that until it, you reach a new level. Yes, so true, so true. Uh, Asher's spot on with this one. Yeah, and so that's why I think the best way to do, you know, any exposure is good for this information, but the best is try and find, you know, a teacher or a book that's fairly good and reputable and so forth, and then stew through the concepts, figure out, okay, why is, uh, for instance, the bladder, the jinye storer or the generator? Um, how then does Chihua come from here? And you get all these nuances. The Shang'an Lun is a really great example. It's maybe the easiest of the classics to translate, I would say, without a doubt, actually. Well, Shandong Bunsa is not really that hard either. But it's one of the two easiest for translation, but it's one of the hardest to understand the meaning of it. Right? If he tells you three symptoms, well, so what? But if he tells you three symptoms that tell you pathological location, pathological nature, and pathological tendency then you've got the diagnosis down pat. You just didn't, we just didn't realize he was telling us the three most important, you know, signs of how to zoom in, 
and like really sink that battleship, you know? And this would be another example too of that. We're, we're leaving breadcrumbs for students and future practitioners to pick up, but we're not going to give them the answer. We're not going to spell it out for them that this is the diagnosis, but here are all the cookie crumbs. And then also here's what I treated them with, right? Like the end result. So here's the beginning, here's the end. You have to comprehend and work to figure out that middle. That's right. And to, you know, read into the depth of what they have to say. Don't forget too, that old books were either, um, you know, carved or brushed onto bamboo or sometimes even written into stone, though that wasn't usually the author doing it. So yeah, that's a tough one. You know, if I have to write all of this on bamboo slats, I'm probably not going to be like, so do you guys get it? Are you with me? Do you understand that I'm talking about the tendency of the disease here? Nah, I'll just be like, they got chills, man. Yeah. Efficiency of word usage when carving into stone is something that we don't appreciate, I don't think. (laughs) Come back next week for the second part of this episode.